It's not COVID. It's not coronavirus. The, the name is Jesus Christ. That name is above all names. It's above fear. It's above anxiety. It's above poverty. It's above oppression. It's above depression. It's above COVID. It's above sickness. It's above medical doctors. It's above all names, Jesus Christ. You come to Jesus. You turn to Jesus. You look on Jesus and your life is going to change no matter what pit you're in, no matter what darkness you walk through. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus alone is going to lift you up. Amazing, amazing. Do you know, I wish you were my cardiologist. I can't even get to see my doctor these days. They've got about 13,000 patients. We only live literally two houses from the, from the medical center. They can't even pick up the phone. They're that busy, you know? And I'm thinking, I've got this leaky heart valve. My, my, my chest feels like that. And, then I, and for the first time, I think this year, it started, you know, the, the palpitations are not a challenge, but I could feel this fluttering here in my, you know, in the pit of my stomach. And I started to feel a little bit breathless. And I thought, and I still can't get an appointment. <laughs> thinking, God, you've got to mend this leak. <laughs> we say, have to pray in the name of Jesus that you be whole and you be healed. And that's what we got to believe. I, I can't believe it. You mean they just won't allow anybody to come in because of the the virus situation or is it because they're overwhelmed with the number of patients they just won't take patients in it's taken me sam three weeks i my, i spoke to the doctor eventually on the phone but it took between two and three weeks in fact i think it's next week i have my bloods done before i can go and get another echocardiogram and that's yeah that sounds like Whatever, whatever is non-invasive is a good way to go. And the echocardiogram, which is like an ultrasound of the heart, is the smart thing to do because if you have leaky valves, let's find out if they're the same. Are they worse? Are they better? And then uh, by seeing that, the doctor can make adjustments. And, and little adjustments in medications make a huge difference. Yeah, I understand that. It's just a question of trying to get the appointment. That's why I, I'd rather fly over to you and say, quit, okay, I'll go home now. <laughs> <laughs> How frustrating. One of my patients that came in yesterday said that he got out of the hospital. He just, he's brand new to me. He just got out of the hospital and he was told he could be seen in either August or uh, or September. And I, he got in to see me like uh, within within hours. And, and, you know, patients want that. They, they yearn for that. And they don't want a doctor who's looking at a computer. They want a doctor who's looking at them. And I've just learned that not in medical school, but I've learned it from Jesus Christ. When he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them. And so I want to have compassion on people uh, and, and just show them the love of Jesus Christ. And just that without medications, without, without the ultrasound, uh, without the stethoscope, just compassion in itself can heal a patient, can give a patient hope. And I hope my colleagues uh, and I, uh, do what we have to do and show compassion. And that's, that's the way to treat our patients. That is wonderful to hear. And when I looked at the map this morning, cause I was, I was thinking California. And I was surprised to see how close to Los Angeles you are. So first I actually look for it on the map and, and the map that you have on, on attached to your, your website there. And I said, look at that. Is at the other end. We're in the other end of the world. You're right. We, we're uh, we're in the Pacific 
Uh, we're right beside the Pacific Ocean. It's like, uh, you know, uh, an hour away. The ocean is an hour away where we are. Uh, and we're away from New York. And yeah, you're right. We're in a, it's, it's amazing these days um, because of the virus. We started talking to each other and preaching the gospel around the world, whether for me it's Africa or Central America. Uh, yet the other day I was in Africa. The, uh, the, on Sunday I was in South America. And it's just amazing. I, I, was, I was here in the office or in the living room <laughs> and preaching the gospel worldwide uh, via Zoom. So we'll use the technology given to us so that we can proclaim the name of the, the Lord. You know, it's, it, we say, I, 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 whenever I'm down, whenever I'm weary, whenever I'm in the darkness, whenever things aren't going right, I just have to turn to the Bible because if I turn to myself, I'm going to blow up. And if I turn to others, they might depress me even more. And if I think about myself and my situation, I'm just going to say, you know what, I, let's, let me just quit. But when I turn to the Bible and go to like Psalm 103, it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless, 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 bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Don't forget his benefits because he has cleansed me of all my iniquities. He has cleansed you of all your iniquities. He has healed us of all our diseases. He has saved us from destruction. He's crowned us with loving kindness. He's crowned us with his tender mercies and he's filled our mouths with goodness. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless, bless, bless his holy name. You know, I think, I think no matter where you are, whether you're in California, whether you're in England, Cambridge, wherever you may be around the world, when you think about yourself, it's actually depressing. When I think about myself, it's depressing. You know why? Because we think about our lack. We think about what we don't have. We think about what we have not done. Yet when we think about Jesus Christ and what he has done, his perfect works, and how much he loves us despite and in spite of ourselves, whoo, watch out, y'all. That's when you get joy. That's when you get happiness. That's when you get the wind under your wings. That's when you're like, look, I ain't no chicken. I'm going to fly like the eagles. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I love talking to you because I feel always better straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. So what have you been up? I know you've been preaching. I know you've been yeah. preaching around. So what happened since the last time we spoke? Well, I got my books out, the Revelation books, uh, and um, slowly but surely, I think churches are opening. So my, uh, I was preaching in Shepherd Church, which is one of the mega churches in America, and it happens to be in my backyard, really. It's in Port Ranch, California, and I, I, we spoke there, and so many people came to Christ, and uh, I talked, I, you know what? I just talked about heaven, hell, and the blood of Jesus. And that's something people don't talk about. Why? Because the blood of Jesus uh, may be, uh, it's like politically incorrect. And the blood of Jesus is like, don't talk about that. And, and uh, let's take it out of our hymnals. And let's take it out of our Bibles. And let's take it out of our preaching. No. No, you don't even got the blood of Jesus. You ain't got nothing. And yeah. so I talked about the blood of Jesus. And we talked about heaven and hell. And a lot, a lot of people are talking about heaven, how beautiful it is. And all that. And it is. But look at if you got heaven, you got hell because people are like, no, 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 it's only heaven. How, how can that be? You live in a dichotomous world. You got good and you got bad. 
You got righteousness and you got evil. You got light and you got darkness. You got hot and you got cold. What makes you think in the future, in eternity, that it's only one way and it's not a dichotomous world? What makes you think you are good enough that you and I, we're going to get to heaven because our good outweighs the bad. It ain't about you and it ain't about me. It's about the works that Jesus Christ did. And when we come to Jesus Christ and say, look it, look it, look it, all other gods, all other gods in this world want us to come up to them. We got to do something. We got to either kneel or sit or read or pray or do something so we can get his or her attention. That's all the gods, only one God. Only one God, Jesus Christ, came down to us because he's like, you guys are a mess. You ain't no good, but I'm going to make you good. My blood on Calvary, if you come to me, it's going to make you clean. He's the only humble God that came to us. And that's why I am so attracted to Jesus Christ. All other gods, Pastor Iris, will send you a rope in the pit and say, climb up. And you will say to that God, well, I like the rope that you sent me, but can somebody hang on to the rope on the other side? Because it ain't going to do me no good with a rope down here in the pit. Only Jesus Christ will not only hand you the rope, but he will hang on to that rope so he can take you out of the pit. Now, that's my Jesus, y'all. That's how we work. That's how my Jesus does his work. And that's why I'm so blessed to have him. And I'm going to proclaim his praises i'm going to proclaim about heaven the only way to get to heaven is through jesus christ jesus christ is the way the truth and the life ain't nobody coming to the father ain't nobody going to heaven because they're good they're pretty or they got the right degree no only way to get to heaven is through jesus christ and the blood of jesus christ and if you don't accept that then you're the one that's sending yourself to hell hell ain't cool hell is not like a party if there is a golf course in hell there ain't no golf balls in hell so hell is as torment day and night forever and ever. I, I beg of you. I beseech you to our listeners. Listen to the word of God who loves you no matter what you've done, no matter where you come from, no matter what's your background. Jesus Christ is not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. That's the Jesus we proclaim. Amen. Amen. And I believe I, I was looking at some of, of your earlier earlier um youtube videos and i discovered you had quite a tussle i know we were talking before but you didn't tell me about the bit in between where you gave up doctoring almost you know and, and god sent you what did he do what happened yeah. This is most amazing. So my, my whole thing at the age of five was like, hey, but God called me for two things. One, he says, I want your soul and spirit. I'm going to come into your life and I'm going to make a difference in your life. You come to me. You're weary. You're going to be weary. Come to me. Let me wash you with the blood. So at the age of five, I give my heart to Christ. Wow. At that time, he told me that I was going to be a heart doctor specifically, not a, a medical doctor, not a neurologist, not a gastroenterologist, uh, but uh, not a hematologist, but a heart doctor, a cardiologist. And so I knew it when I was a kid. And so I, you know, everything in life uh, revolves around that in a sense. And so when I got to college, ultimately University of Southern California, I went to pre-med and, uh, and then I took my medical college admissions test. I thought I did well, Pastor Iris, but I, did, I hadn't done so well. My grade average was amazing, but my 
testing in the medical college world was not that great, the, the uh, uh, entrance exam. And so I applied to nine uh, universities, nine medical schools, and I got rejected one by one by one by one. And I'm like, oh my God, what are you going to do? You're, you're graduating. What are you going to do with your anatomy and, and cell biology degree or biology degree? What are you going to do? And so I applied again. I took the uh, MCATS medical college admissions test again, applied to now 18 schools instead of nine across America. One by one by one by one, I was getting rejection letters. And then ultimately the last letter came in and said, you know, we can't accept you. And so my world just crashed. I mean, I, I just crashed. And I, at, at that time, I, I had tried, first of all, to get in a master's program as well, and I got rejected for that. And, and ultimately, I got into the master's program. That's a miracle in itself. But and, and I was doing the master's program in the medical school. I'm not a medical student in medical school, but I'm a master's program student. And so uh, I, I came down on my knees and I said, Lord God, what, what do you want me to do? And he, I heard this voice in my soul that said, don't call me Lord. I'm not your Lord. Medicine is your Lord. The worship of medicine is your God. You want medicine with all your heart and soul, but you don't want me with all your heart and soul. And I'd like, wow, I've got 27 rejection letters. Now the Holy Spirit's beating me up. Uh, and the Holy Spirit doesn't beat you up. The Holy Spirit just loves you and tells you what the truth is. And sometimes the truth hurts. And for me, the truth hurt that the Lord was not my Lord. Jesus Christ was my savior, but he wasn't my Lord. And I, I really can't separate him that way. He is Lord, he is savior, yet I didn't make him my Lord. And that day I said, I'll give up medicine. I will, I told the Lord, I said, if I give this up, I'm gonna tell you the truth. One part of me is going to, my heart, one part of my heart is going to die because this is what I wanted to do. But I rather do that, give it up, than become my own Lord and medicine be my, the idols I worship. And, and so, and, and people have to realize that you are the biggest God you have. Uh, look in the mirror uh, and your family or, or your career or, or your car or your house becomes God. It becomes the Lord because whatever we spend time with most is our Lord. And so uh, God shattered that for me. He took it away. And I got on my knees and I said, Lord God, I, I'm coming to you. I'm, I'm giving up medicine. I just want you to be my Lord. And one week later, Pastor Iris, uh, since I was in the medical, uh, in the master's program in the medical school and, and an adjunct to the medical school, the dean called me and said, we've been watching you. Would you like to teach our medical students? Now, this is crazy. This is crazy because this is like, this is like uh, somebody who can't make it on the Manchester football team, um, a Chelsea, whatever, whatever football team you follow, uh, and, and Liverpool, whatever, whatever it might be, England's national team. And you can't make it in the football team, yet they ask you to be the coach of that football team. That's crazy. You couldn't even make it on the team. And now you're the coach of the team. And so they're asking me to teach the medical students while I can't even get into medical school. Now that's God, that, that's just plain God. I have seen myself on paper and it is not impressive, but I have seen God in my life. Ooh, and that, ooh, that's impressive. And so I, I was asked to, to be a teacher there in medical school at the University of Southern California, one of the most prestigious colleges and, and uh, medical schools in America. And so I started and I, I gave my heart and soul to them uh, and then after that, uh, 
I got into medical school ultimately, and I did my four years. And, um, you know, it was the, the, when I tried to apply the last time, I only applied to one school, the, the place I was teaching the medical students, and they had my papers, I guess, in front of them. And it's a board of 12. And they said, well, maybe, maybe we shouldn't accept him this time. And there was a lady there. Her name was Althea. She was a black lady. And she had watched me give my heart and soul to the students and, and uh, teach the students, and especially the minority students after hours. And, and, and just, no matter if I got paid or not, it didn't matter. I just gave up my heart and my life to them and just, just trying to teach them so they can pass their courses. And Althea said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. What I've seen this man for, for two, three years now. And he's become two years in a row, the teacher of the year award at our university. That's what he's received. The students love him. He's excelled. If you don't accept him, I don't know who you're going to accept. In fact, if you don't accept him, I must be on the wrong board. And so that day, unanimously, I was voted into to come into the University of Southern California Medical School. And I started the journey. And 10 years later, 10 years after, after medical, all this has happened, after I finished my internship, residency, fellowship in cardiology, I was the head fellow in, in cardiology, one of the hospitals. And I was about to graduate and uh, they called me, Dr. Kojiglanian, there's a patient here, you, the dying, come on down. I, I was, it was a Saturday. I was leading my team on that day. We ran downstairs. We, we were jumping all over this man's chest and getting him, re reviving him back, we got him back to life after 20 minutes. And we were celebrating and we're going to go and we're going to talk and we're going to uh, see the family, you know, and, and say, we got him back. Congratulations. And I saw Althea, that, uh, the black lady uh, who had uh, spoken up for me 10 years before in the waiting room. And I, I said, Althea, how you doing? How you? And, and I, I said, I'll talk to you in a minute because I got to talk to the family of this patient of mine. She goes, no, no, come here. And, and she grabbed me and, and she said, you, you, you know that that, that man, that man you just saved, that man, that's my husband. Mm -hmm. and, and you must realize Los Angeles is huge. We have uh, over 200 hospitals. They don't go to that hospital. He had a heart attack while they were traveling uh, right beside my hospital. And, and I happened to be on call and I happened to be a senior fellow leading a team on that specific day at that specific time. And, and of all the hospitals, they end up in mine when I'm on call and I got to save a man's life whose wife got me in medical school 10 years before. That, that's correct. That's insanity. That's statistically impossible. And that's my God, because he can make a dead man come to life and he can make your dead situation come to life and he can make your darkness come into lightness and he can take away your oppression and depression and he can take away all the things that have grabbed you and torn you down and put you in the pit and lift you up and place you on the rock. That's my Jesus Christ. I am not going nowhere else. I will worship him. I will praise him. I will honor him. And that's, that's, I won't leave him go. He is my God. And there is no other from the rising of the sun to the place where it sits. There is none beside me. I am God. He says, and there is no other. And I absolutely 100% no way out. I believe that 100% every day, every hour of the day. Oh, that's an amazing story, isn't it? So is that where you started started doing what you do now? 
that yes part? yes and so after that i went to from kaiser uh, from kaiser los angeles uh where i trained in cardiology uh after that i got out and went to um uh, really a prestigious group in cardiology. And after many years, the Lord said, you must get out. And I'm like, I know you're talking to somebody else. <laughs> I know you're not talking to me. Right. And he's like, no, you must leave. You must leave this group. And I'm like, I know I did not hear this correctly. Right. Lord, you're not talking to me. And he's like, no, I'm talking to you. And so I left the group, which is um, really suicidal to do. Uh, whether it's financial or whether it's prestige or whatever it might be, uh, I left the group to be a solo practitioner uh, because there was one reason, and that reason was that I may preach the gospel of Jesus Christ worldwide, and uh, and that's what he's beginning to do in my life. He's taking me from um, oblivion, uh, uh, from an unknown, and he's 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 leading me to different places, like with Pastor Iris in in England. Uh, and other places from Africa to Central America, to Pakistan, to Iran, Iraq, to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's what we must do because we have a very, very small window, Pastor Iris, very small window to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. People are hungry, people are thirsty, people are lonely, people are anxious, people are, they're downtrodden, people are, have given up, people wanna commit suicide, but there is hope. There's hope in the midst of hopelessness. There is joy in the midst of the morning because our God can give you, uh, instead of the cloth of mourning, he can give you a robe of righteousness, of goodness, of light, of happiness and joy. That's our God. And, and I think our problem is, is that we don't rejoice always. You know, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, it says rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks to God in all circumstances because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Well, we don't want to rejoice always. Why? Because we're down. Well, we're like, well, my life is like this and God didn't answer my prayer. And I'm so, I just don't. Calm down. Chill out. Take a time out. It says that's a command. Rejoice always. And I slapped myself yesterday. I'm like, you better shut up and you better stop being pity, pitying yourself and saying, what about this? And what about this? And this is not. I'm like, shut up. I told myself to shut up. And I did. And I started praising God and I started singing songs. You know, when you're down and weary, you, I, I just sing songs. You know, it's like, bless the Lord on my soul. I'll sing you a little bit. Don't y'all get scared. I said, uh, I, I went like, bless the Lord on my soul, oh, my soul. Bless, worship his holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, worship his holy name. So you just, I, I just got myself out of the pit by using the name of the Lord, not my name, not my degree, not where God has put me, but his name and his beauty and his strength. And that's how you get out of the, you bless him. You praise him. We trust him. We say, Lord, I don't feel like rejoicing. I mean, in Philippians 4, 4, Pastor Iris, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Just in case we missed it, he said, and again, I say rejoice. Because we're like one of a pity party. And you know, that's Satan. He's like, oh, things just didn't work out, huh? Things don't look so good, huh? Oh, you're down, huh? Oh, you must feel very, very bad. And that's Satan. And you're like, yeah. 
I do feel bad. I tell myself to shut up. And I tell Satan to get out of my face and get out of my ear and get out of my mind. Don't you come here. I got the blood of Jesus Christ. And I have to make myself rejoice. I don't, I don't got to come to a point where I feel like rejoicing because that ain't going to work. I make myself because he commanded me to rejoice. And so I rejoice and then I'm a happy-go-lucky camper and I forget my stupidity and I forget my sorrow and I forget my pittiness. And I just, I, I worship my God because he's good. My situation may not be good. Your situation may not be good, but I'm going to tell you who's good. God is good and he is worthy of our praise. Amen and amen. That is amazing and I feel better already. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you very much for your time. Have you got to go? Well, you are working this morning, aren't you? Yes, ma'am, I am. I've got a, a sick patient in the hospital that I need to see. And um, he's well, he's okay right now. He's stable enough. Uh, but uh, I got to tend to him and then tend to my patients here in the office. Okay, thank you very much, Sam, for your time. We'll talk again. You know, absolutely. Absolutely. Remember, we're coming to England. Yes, I've just to say, we, we're, we're getting towards that, aren't we? Yes, yes, we are. We're yeah. going to fill the stadium, and instead of them playing soccer, we're going to give him uh, the game of life, and that's Jesus Christ, and that's Amen. that's what's going to happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. So, and one day I want a copy of that that lovely lion picture behind you on the wall. Oh yes, that is. A I cool. love that lion. It reminds me of the the lion of the tribe of Judah, right. and uh, he asks us, uh, you know, we when we walk with him. We have no fear. That's why when we walk through the valley of shadow of death, not only is he a shepherd, but he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. Why should we fear? Yeah. Well, one day when you've got time, take a picture and send it over to me. I want I shall. one. And I, I shall. Our offices connect. Our offices are connected. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It's a, it's a privilege to talk with you, Pastor Iris. I we have such a great time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's lift up one name, and that name is Jesus Christ, and he's worthy to be lifted up. Amen. I'm going to say bye-bye, because not because I want to let you go, but I know you've got a busy day ahead. And God bless you. May you blessings. Amen. Blessings, blessings. Bye-bye. Bye now.